Thank you, Dan, for that, that reading. What a great passage to reflect on. Uh, we committed ourselves about a month ago to preach through Hebrews for the next, for all of October and November. So um, we're just going to take that passage and we're going to set it over here. And if it stirred you, then I encourage you to pray on it and study it. Um, but just to get our minds back on Hebrews, I'm going to read the first two verses, uh, which Brooke read for us. This is Hebrews chapter 3, and then I'll have a prayer for us. Therefore, holy brothers and sisters, you who share in a heavenly calling, consider Jesus, the apostle and high priest of our confession, who was faithful to him who appointed him, just as Moses also was faithful in all God's house. Amen? All right. So I want to just pray the last four verses of the refrain that, that Wendell wrote for our psalm. Let's bow our heads. Lord God, let our hearts be glad to share your work of love. In our weakness, you are strong. Give us faith to carry on and let your everlasting kingdom come through us. Amen. So it was around the summer, 14th, 15th year, my year. I'm not real sure the exact time, but it was summer. Life for my immediate family had uh, begun to settle down after some real tumultuous years. I just can share that another time. But I'd been spending um, the summers with my mother's oldest sister and her family um, during the end of those bad years. And um, it was a very safe place for me. Um, she and her husband were uh, parents of seven children. The youngest of those children was my age. Um, there were six boys. So by the time we came around, we were the beneficiaries of parents who were wise and patient and gave us a lot of room to make mistakes um, without shaming us. Did you hear that? Um, that happens. Um, you eldest children don't get that benefit oftentimes, but um, we did. I'm going to circle back um, to this safe house because all throughout, not only the psalm and Hebrews, we heard that word that we are God's dwelling place, we're his house, um, God's the builder of it. And I want to I end with that. This is um, children, this is, a, um, this is a children's sermon. And I didn't know how many were going to be here, so I hedged my bet and called my six-year-old uh, granddaughter, who will be six in next week, um, and got some Q&A with her just in case you choose not to answer my questions, all right? Um, so that's, I did that, all right? But I'm now looking out here, I think I'm confident that some of you will speak. So what I want to say is that um, here is my launch place. Um, I don't remember the exact occasion that summer, but I remember the words that my uncle spoke to um, his youngest son and me um, as we were going about our morning routine. He was a very routine man. We had things we had to do in the morning before we had the afternoon off. Um, and somewhere in there, I don't, like I said, I don't remember the occasion, he looked at my cousin and I and he said, I'm not worried about you two boys. You're going to do just fine. Those might not be the exact words, but what I remember and what I heard was, don't worry about where you are right now. You're going to do just fine. 
for a 15-year-old, 14, 15, um, who is not, did not nearly have his act together. Um, those words rooted deep in the until soil of my heart. I just want to tell you. And I, I've remembered them over and over again throughout my life when things were hard and I didn't feel like I was doing the work that God called me to do. Uh, my uncle said, you're going to be just fine. Now, what he saw in us and what, I, uh, what he knew about growing up and learning that led him to speak those words at that particular time, I don't know. But um, in the following years, as I learned and grew from plenty of mistakes, um, plenty of bad choices, this word of encouragement became a promise that I came back to. Um, that is, until Christ got hold of me, um, and spoken to me a deeper word of belonging. Um, deeper word than just being fine. A deeper word that you're mine, and I belong to you, and you belong to me. Um, so our text from Hebrews today, I believe, speaks of that deepest belonging. Um, so let me read it again. Therefore, holy brothers and sisters... You who share in a heavenly calling, consider Jesus the apostle and high priest of our confession, who was faithful to him, who appointed him, just as Moses also was faithful in all God's house. Holy brothers and sisters. Um, isn't that amazing? The word there is Adelphoids, and it really means siblings. Um, you know, I don't know why in these Bibles that they'll have an asterisk and say, it should say brothers and sisters. Why don't they just say brothers and sisters? You know? Um, so, Brooke, thank you for reading that. Um, siblings. Therefore, holy siblings, um, which refers to a family, right? Uh, and it's, it's really the, the word that we heard last week. Gabe mentioned, and if you look up at verse 11, if you got your Bibles, verse 11, it says this. For he who sanctifies, and that word sanctify means made holy, made okay. He who makes you okay. Um, and those who are made okay, sanctified, who are they? If you know who they are, raise your hand. That's you. Come on, raise your hand. Everybody. You who have been sanctified, made holy because of the one who is holy. Listen to what it says. Um, verse 11. And are sanctified. All have one source. That is why... He, the one who sanctifies and makes holy, uh, is not ashamed to call you brothers and sisters. Isn't that amazing? Um, more than just fine, guys. Yes, you're going to be fine. Parents, great word for your children. Give them time. Be patient with them as they make mistakes. Say they're going to be fine, but it's Christ going to say, you're my sibling. You're my brother. You're my sister. That's a deep belonging and I, I read verse 12 and 13 at, at the 8 o'clock service, just one part of that. I will tell you, I will tell of your name to my brothers and sisters. Isn't that me? Not only am I your sibling, I'm going to tell you others that you're my sibling. I'm going to proclaim to you that you're mine um, all throughout, it says, in the midst of the congregation. And I'll sing your praise. What a word of encouragement for me. Um, so we begin, therefore, with holy brothers. Um, do you see the belonging there? Do you see that you're my beloved one? No shame in who we are um, and what we might have done and where we might be right now and are 
kind of working through. Are any of you working through stuff right now? There's, you're my brother, my sister, he says. Um, in the midst of us trying to get it out, he says, you're mine. Um, and you're my sibling. And, and Jesus says, we belong together. Um, I'm making your life holy. I got this, he says. I, I'm doing this. Hang with me. Hang in there with me. You'll be just fine one day. You know, stick with me. I'm not ashamed to call you mine. A little side note here, if you've ever read Hebrews, there's this balance in Hebrews about the amazing grace that God does for us and then this amazing call for us to persevere in that grace, to stick with it. Not to stick with it to make us holy, but to stick with it because we are. So it's a both and. We're in this together. He's got it, and we need to respond to the fact that he's got it. Um, so you are holy siblings. Isn't that great? Not only with Christ, but guess what? With one another. Yes, you are, Henry. You're my holy sibling. With one another, too. Look around. Holy siblings with one another. Um, we share in a heavenly calling us holy siblings, a heavenly calling with one another and with Jesus. That means we got a purpose in this life that connects heaven and earth, right? That's what a heavenly calling is. We're in this together doing this thing of bringing heaven and earth. It's not just he doing it for us and us doing it on our own. It's, it's all together. And then that one phrase, I bet there's been tons of sermons preached on these two words. Consider Jesus. Isn't that great? Consider Jesus. Fix your eyes and set your deepest thoughts, even perhaps your dreams and your ambitions. Fix your eyes on him. And uh, later on in chapter 12, we, we actually I looked at the lecture. We don't get there in this little season of reading Hebrews. But chapter 12 is an amazing verse. I'm going to just read a couple of those verses. Um, chapter 12, verse 1 and 2. Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses which are what holy brothers and sisters, as well as those who've gone before us. Let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely. Let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. That means that race that we are holy brothers and sisters, um, and we can run that race. And then listen to this, looking to Jesus, who's the founder and perfecter of our faith. He's the one perfecting it in us. Let's just run it. So many images there we could go to, but let me go back to where we were. So there is so much here uh, that we could move on by simply saying that, um, that he's what? He's our apostle and great high priest. And I just want to say two things about that. He's the one that was sent, and he's the one that's going to go for us. Sent to us and then going for us, all right? Uh, sent to us. And how was he sent to us? Take on our flesh. Um, back er earlier in chapter, this was what we read last week. Um, he, was made per he was made like us in every way. Think about that. Every way he's made like us. All of our struggles, he was made like us. All of our temptations, he's made like us. All of our humanity, um, my, daughter, my granddaughter, when I asked her about what are the things God gave you 
to build a house with you. She said, my feelings, like us, he had feelings. Um, it's a deep belonging. Gabe talked about last week. We all have a, a deep belonging, a deep need to be known and to know. Christ has a deep belonging to, to know and be known. Um, I tried this out, so what I want to say to you, and I'm going to kind of wrap it up here, is I want to talk about building a house, all right? So um, I'm just going to see some names, Veda and Ruby and Henry and uh, even, even you, or Greta, you're kind of getting older. Um, I see some children over here. Think about this. If God is the builder and architect of a house, and who's the house? We're the people of God. We're the house. That's what it says. We're the house. And if he's the builder of the house and he wants to build us into his image, what are some of the things he gives us that would help us build a house that looks like him? Anybody? Yes, Henry. Pull your thing down so I can hear you. Wood. Okay. Yeah, that's a, that, that's a literal guy, man. It's a man. Anybody else? My granddaughter, the first thing she said, which is a great answer in church, is love. That always works, right? Um, but she also, you and her second thing she said to me was, she said anger. And we were FaceTiming, and I could see her little mind working. I said, what do you mean, Caddy? She goes, well, you know, sometimes I get very angry at some of the things I see in the world. I mean, right? I mean, we're supposed to be angry, angry at sin, angry at the things that hurt my brothers and sisters, angry at some... Yes, not, not wrong anger, but righteous anger. And if we've learned anything in this last couple of years and singing the songs of lament, it's okay to be honest with God and angry, you know? Angry at loss, angry at the tragedies in our life. My granddaughter knows that. Um, what else? Anybody else? You want me to give you a few more things that she said? She said, joy, and then you and else, she said, saying you're sorry. She's the oldest, she's got two siblings. Isn't that amazing? Yes. Yeah. He would probably use bricks. That's a smart guy there. Don't want that house blown down, do we? Yeah, all right. Anybody catch it? Any of you got get where I'm trying to go here? Come on, one, one thing from one of the... St- I know some of you out there are thinking. Nobody's thinking. All right, Mark says, how would you build a family? How would you build your... What are some of the things you do to build your family? Make robots. Make robots. <laughs> In other words, servants other than your mom, right? <laughs> yeah, I got that, Henry. We're very good. All right, let me, let me, say, let me just kind of wrap this up, say a few more things. Um, Another thing that my daughter prodded her was limitations. God gave us limitations, didn't he? And the reason he gave us limitations so that we could be dependent on who? One another. If I had everything, my act together, um, I wouldn't need anyone. So God made us, created us with limitations. And we heard that in some of our texts today already, right? Um, In the psalm that Wendell wrote. Um, so let me just love and anger, saying you're sorry, joy, fun, kindness, mercy, grace, limitations, interdependence. And so I want to bring this down to us. Um, what does a church, I don't mean that church, we can't control that church. We can control 
discharged. Kind of like C.S. Lewis when he said, if you want to begin with, if you want to do forgiveness, don't start with Hitler. Start with your neighbor. So let's start here. Coda. What materials, what are the things we need to do and be for one another to build a safe place, a place that we can make mistakes and learn from, a place that we can disagree and respect one another from? What are the things that we need that God's given us? Um, That's the question I want to leave with you and um, talk to your children about this. I'll give you one final word because I'm, I'm running a little bit short here. Um, this past week, uh, we were looking at Chronicles when David, who wasn't able to build the temple, um, his son Solomon built the temple. And David knew that. And there's a beautiful prayer in chapter 28 of 1 Chronicles of David praying for Solomon. And then as you move through on up through Solomon building the temple, one of the things David did was he provided all these resources that he could do to enable Solomon to fulfill his purpose um, in life. And I think that's what we as a family do, not only for our children, but with one another. We do the things in one another's life that will enable that person to fulfill the call that they have in their life. Not my call on your life, but your call. So that means we got to listen to one another. We need to hear one another's dreams. We need to accept one another's failures and faults. Rejoice with one another. Be sad with one another. And build a house that is acceptable to God. Amen? Amen. Amen.